So, Rob, through the COVID era, we've seen a, a massive shift uh, from uh, physicians uh, transitioning from from being uh, skilled clinicians to being technicians working for a big machine with a clear agenda and um, and any deviation from that being really quite severely uh, punished, I guess one would say. And so, we're, we're, for instance, with, with COVID, we saw a massive false positive PCR testing. Um, and we saw the abandonment of the reality that PCR never was meant as a diagnostic test. It does not diagnose disease. And what has diagnosed disease uh, is this art form and this science that has evolved over centuries of clinical diagnosis. You know, there are, for instance, different diseases have different incubation periods. They have different clinical features. They have different symptoms. They have, you know, all rashes are not the same. In fact, it's a very fine art looking at different, for instance, viral exanthems, you know, uh, and, and seeing the different types of rashes and sorting out what's going on with your patient based on what's in front of you, based on their story and based on your physical exam. Now, we've seen a huge deviation from that. In fact, we were introduced to this idea of people who look completely fine, have no symptoms, but when their nose is swabbed, and you run a PCR machine at a ridiculous high number of cycles, and you manage to generate a scrap of genetic material related to a coronavirus, that you then diagnose that person and say, well, you've got COVID, and, and you know the story from there carries on. It, I mean, it didn't take them long. Um, asymptomatic monkeypox is already on, on, on the, it's out there. Oh, it's yeah. being pushed around. So, uh, and, and of course, there's, Two elements to PCR. Obviously, these with monkeypox, we're dealing with a, um, a double-stranded DNA virus, not a single-stranded RNA. Um, so um, we're not it, the, the PCR is it's RT-PCR, but it's real-time PCR, um, not reverse transcriptase. So um, the, the 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 bottom line is is yes, um, we we have a test. At the moment, we're trying to understand exactly how these monkeypox PCR tests are, are being developed. There are specific elements of the genome of the very closely related smallpox and monkeypox that are different. Um, the view is that, that that is what's being focused on because it would be very easy um, if there are smallpox vaccines, particularly the second generation live vaccines, being used, um, that we will start to see more smallpox cases. That that were was of course, uh, as far as the WHO is concerned, was was eliminated globally in 1980. Um, but but of course, there's a second part of PCR. Um, so so you've you, you've mentioned the the idea of you know having too many cycles. So you're amplifying elements of of DNA fragments um, that look like something that's come from a real virus. Um, that's one of the problems. Um, the, the other problem is where you where you have, in terms of the true kind of false positive problem, is you've got something that looks like it, but it's making an error. So, you know, th that's gonna be looking at the sensitivity, the effective accuracy of your um, PCR test. The third element that people sometimes forget is the statistical anomaly of how that inaccuracy plays out in a wider population associated with prevalence. 
And that goes back to the statistical theorem of Bayes, Bayes' theorem. Um, and what that says is, is that as your prevalence declines, this applies to any diagnostic test. It's, you know, it, you can find it sitting there on the um, FDA portal. You can see it sitting at the back end of uh, every, um, you know, element of academic training that's that's been given on diagnostic tests but it's still not well known by clinicians is that as that prevalence declines the false positive rate will always go up you start to um, essentially have a greater probability of finding things that look like the thing that you were looking for um, and so if you end up using a genetic screening technique like PCR to chase a pathogen that's going to be present at quite low incidence. This is going to be even more the case with monkeypox. You're going to have a much higher rate of false positive generated by this Bayes' theorem problem than you would when you've got a high prevalence problem. So, you know, so PCR wasn't... Um, it shouldn't have been as inaccurate in the first and second waves of COVID, other than the fact that they, you know, uh, were, were running on, you know, well over 30, sometimes well over 40 cycles, um, which would have created the, the, the problem of detecting these fragments from elements of broken down pieces of, of, of RNA DNA. Um, so I think we have a real problem. Um, what we need to be doing as a community is saying to guys, let's get back to real, you know, pathology and real kind of symptomatic diagnosis. And, and we only take, um, you know, we apply interventions according to that phenotype. Um, that's where we need to move. A big concern I have is when you when you look, for instance, with COVID, there was so much money and so much power to be obtained by there being, in theory, lots of COVID. Now, something we have lots of, which is extreme adverse events from the injections that were have been called COVID vaccines from the, the genetic injections. You know, we, we know we have more multiples more death and harm from those injections than we had, for instance, in the VAERS data from all vaccines for all diseases for all of 30 years combined. <clears throat> and yet that's, that is information which is not profitable to the people you know, running these, these uh, events, really. So there's in, in Canada and around the world, there's been mass, massive efforts to cover it up, including not looking for it. For instance, immunofluorescence staining for spike protein reveals just how many of the people who've died since the injections rolled out died because their body was poisoned with the spike proteins being produced in their the body. Pathology examinations yeah. as well. Yeah. So now, while, while this continued effort to bury and hide the adverse events caused by the injections that have been essentially forced on us, now we have monkeypox, and we're and we're being fed from the similar sources, the the, the WHO, etc. We're being fed a a clinical picture of monkeypox virus, which isn't even a clinical picture. It's extremely vague. It's like basically anyone who's sick and has a rash might be monkeypox. Well, a lot of people who are sick and have a rash right now have are sick and have a rash because of the injections. So, but here we have another opportunity, not only to cover up 
the the liability from the injections, but to start a whole new profit and control grid based on monkeypox. Does that resonate with you? Look, a hundred percent. I mean, it's one of the reasons that we, in doing our analysis of monkeypox, the first thing we did is 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 go back to the original um, clinical case definitions that were given back in the 1970s when they were actually they did have a problem in Africa of monkeypox and smallpox running side by side and it was before genetic sequencing and you'll see these very very detailed descriptions um, you know that look at the shape of the lesions and the, so the size can be similar particularly the more virulent um, Central African clade but um, th there are differences in the shape of the lesions. There are differences of whether you see a pinprick um, in the middle of the lesion or not. And, um, and in, in essence, when you look at what's happened now, it's irrelevant. And you're absolutely right. The, um, the suspected case definition, because this is, this is how they get you in the funnel. Right. They get you in the funnel by having a very broad suspected case definition they said don't worry we it's not confirmed but you use the genetic sequencing the pcr test that we are only beginning to understand exactly how they have have developed it and and it's really important that we don't see um any mix-up because of the fact that they are going to be you know vaccinate doing ring vaccination with smallpox vaccine so people will um uh, essentially be exposed to these attenuated um, or even live um, smallpox variola virus. So um, really important that we, we understand that. But bottom line, if people can be empowered to understand, you know, unless you have lesions that look like something you've seen, you know, what, what has been put on the website of the UK will show it now, or the UK um, Health Security Agency is probably a reasonable reflection of the um, lesions that, that people would have with monkeypox. Um, seems that most people are affected are men who have sex with men. Um, and um, for the vast majority of people, this is a non-issue. If we react in this way to every single new pathogen and we don't ultimately look at how we can build um, a really robust immune system, that's the element of the equation that, that it isn't being discussed by health authorities. And, you know, I think they should be held culpable because there's so many people. We're now two years in, we could have had, you know, a huge public health drive for people to improve, to understand what they need to do. And actually what we've seen is a reverse. People have been locked away in their homes. Um, they, they have been uh, unable to have proper face-to-face -face so social interactions. It's had a huge impact on, on mental health problems. They've been injected with, with uh, um, mRNA and adenoviral vector uh, vaccines that have definitely um, uh, a strong um, likelihood insusceptible people of having some potentially long-term consequences. We're only just beginning to understand um, impacts, for example, on autoimmunity. Um, and of course, then you've got all the antivirals that have been released as well. So um, we've got to rethink how we do healthcare. Yeah, I think so. There's people have got to be aware. You used a very important term, being funneled. You know, people are being funneled. You funnel cattle into a slaughterhouse. Mm. Humans, we do not want to be funneled. And, and unfortunately, at this point, uh, there's so many official sources that have 
proven themselves to not be trustworthy, that people are going to really have to do their homework and look to trustworthy sources and and use critical reasoning. People have got to think. 100%. Yeah. yeah.